0: well there uh on. sad boys here um this is jackson this is adam yeah so uh sad boys this week we're gonna be listening to joy joy division mm-hmm. uh the the
1: english rock band
0: yeah post-punk is what they're called uh i have a bit bit of quarrel with that but that is uh neither here nor there um and if
1: you don't know who they are. They were only a band for four years. Exactly. But they are a very influential band.
0: Yes. Uh, notably, uh, they are from England. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a band from 1976 to 1980. Singer Ian Curtis, then they had Bernard Sumner, Peter Hook on bass, and Stephen Morris. I don't know the two in between people, what they do, but.
1: I I'm not familiar either. I know
0: yep. Ian Curtis and I know Peter Hook.
1: They basically had the same lineup,
0: yeah, for four years, more or less. So good job, guys. I mean, they did. Uh,
1: <laughs> they, they did have their drummer change a few times in the beginning, but
0: yeah, but it like all happened in like the recordings. period of like a year. So, yeah, yeah. Um. So, have you ever listened to them before y- this? I've
1: lis- I've heard their songs covered by people like Peter Murphy and Trent Reznor.
0: You know, honestly for a little bit I thought uh, Peter Murphy would, had to have been part of this band. No, no, no,
1: yeah. I I definitely thought that at first when I heard it cuz it sounds like a natural like fit. Yeah. Um,
0: Bauhaus came out after them though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. My notes reflect that. <laughs> so, um I mean,
1: the the only thing that I definitely heard, I probably heard one or two of their songs but didn't know who they were at the time maybe. I. And I've definitely heard their single that I think they're known for.
0: Exactly. I only knew one song, and it was "Love Will Tear Us Apart," mm-hmm. which is which a doesn't appear on the album.
1: Well, it was it was supposed to be on a third album. Yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, there's, there's only actually a... five
1: songs from that album that never.
0: Yeah, there's only out. a live recording of it, but it's a great song. <laughs> Definitely my favorite song by them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a very good song. Uh, you know, they only had two. Uh, yeah, two I, albums th-
1: that are uh, also. Like pretty short. I mean, they're yeah. They're both what forty minutes.
0: Yeah, something like that. But so uh, it is. It, well, I'll get more into this, or we'll get more into this. But uh, they are credited as a post punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently very much. It doesn't reflect it so much on most of the uh, recorded material, uh. But live, apparently they were very. I didn't watch any live videos, but uh, apparently they very much were a loud band and according to like some members they liked certain uh certain songs or they liked an album because uh you know they were this loud punk band live mm-hmm. and then they heard the recorded songs and they're like oh i can hear the vocals yeah, you can like, hear everything yeah. that's that's cool i like the vocals in this i couldn't hear it so i guess that's why they're credited as post-punk you know i guess it is yeah. post-punk at its core but the recorded it definitely doesn't come off so much as that so or at least very like early post-punk yeah so. i am trying something a bit different on this one i took uh since there is such a small amount of music mm-hmm. okay and by the way there's a ton of uh music by them that's out there's eps there's yeah, posthumous yeah. yeah they did uh, spoilers they did, posthumous <laughs> releases
1: they, they did release plenty of stuff
0: um yeah uh, and oh by the way yeah, there's the there's be-
1: about 12 compilation albums apparently yeah. and so there's a couple live albums we listened so to two albums just the two studio albums and
0: that's unknown pleasures and closer yeah um i unintentionally did this but i listened to the 2007 remasters which i typically don't do but that well, is what i did
1: remasters are okay though yeah
0: I um i didn't see anything saying like oh, because sometimes remasters... But they didn't be... add anything on to those, though. Yeah. So, yeah, correct. So I I didn't listen to any of the bonus tracks or anything like that. Um, stuck strictly to what it yeah. was, at least. So... So to uh, get, <clears throat> get into the first album? Yeah, let's just go ahead and go into it. I'm trying something a bit different since there's so few mm-hmm. uh, tracks to go through on this. I think like 18 or something. Less than 20 or 20. Uh, yeah. I try to do as best by uh, as I could as a track-by-track, track. so we'll see how that goes. Um, I First album came out April 1979, Uh, it's called Unknown Pleasures.
1: June 1979, it was recorded in April.
0: I apologize. Which I think
1: is kind of weird, because it's like they just recorded it all in one go. But
0: yeah. Uh, Apparently they recorded the album in like three weekends, three yeah. consecutive it, weekends. they didn't like sit on it, no. so. Um, I don't know my months, so I, I couldn't tell you yeah, if that, they did. Yeah, that's about it uh so uh i before we start like actually talking about the music uh, i do want to uh talk about it is good to note that this album this is the album with the iconic artwork Mm -hmm. if you don't know joy division and you don't know what their music sounds like you don't know anything you know this album artwork there everyone has t-shirts of it everyone has made their own version of this it's
1: iconic you, you've probably seen something that's like riffing off of this.
0: Yeah. And it'll be in Even the show you notes, but you, it'll be in you your, know your it. it'll
1: be in your podcast app right now. If you listen with a good app,
0: that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we won't mention what app you should be listening to.
1: I was going to, but yeah, go for it. I you, don't care. You should listen to this, this show in like overcast or Castro or Pocket I Casts or I, something. I use overcast. Those are all linked on our website at don't Yeah. D F T A.
0: Dot show. Yeah. Uh, Somebody the other day emailed us trying to sell us yeah I saw dom- that <laughs> domain uh, and re- it was like don't feed the uh it was like there was one like it was a typo one- yeah there was yeah. a typo and I was just like you're not we're not a me. big
1: deal so no yeah
0: I was like yeah no absolutely not uh yeah so let's get into this so yeah. the uh the opening track disorder is a an upbeat track that must have influenced a lot of the early 2000s alt rock groups Mm -hmm. and by that i mean like interpol and uh from the start this uh track puts ian curtis the vocalist his unique vocal styling in the forefront Mm -hmm. so this as soon as i heard this song i was like okay this is i all i knew was level terrace apart, and I kind of assumed okay, this is gonna be some like goth rock band, it's gonna be like Bauhaus, that kind of yeah.
1: thing. Well, um, and like we we're saying, like Peter Murphy loves this band, so it, it would make oh, sense, yeah. it so. shows it,
0: but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty shocked. It's a really good song, and it, it, it sounds pretty upbeat, so I was pretty shocked to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then you know, it moves into Days of the Lord. Uh, and this is exactly what I expected. Uh, yeah. Joy Division to be. Um, and,
1: and I think it's already clear within these like first two or even three songs, like why all these musicians like them so yeah. much. Yeah, and if because like Trent Reznor mentions them a lot. Yeah, if and I think ha- it makes sense. Like,
0: yeah, if you haven't listened to them prior to this episode, uh, or you're gonna listen to after, his vocal styling is very much like Paul Banks from um Interpol. It it's very it's a bass baritone, uh, and at points it can sound like he's you know kind of monotone talking, but it really works out especially for the music. But uh, this the second song, Days of the Lords, it's a, you know this five minute gloomy track that just lingers on the same guitar sound for the entire time, and the vocals are this like you know preachy esque style, and this is where I say kind of like Bauhaus, but you know mm-hmm. really Bauhaus probably was. Uh, inspired by this but you know i don't know I, I i think it's fine to compare people to music just so everyone can know what they sound like i suppose yeah <laughs> um yeah and then so um the next song candidate is a very similar uh song in style uh so as the previous track as days of our Ar- of days of the lords mm-hmm. uh candidate so like everything i said for that for the prior track like really the same for me on this one um yeah i mean
1: I, so the next song insight yeah i think that might be like my favorite song on here on this album
0: yeah it has some really cool synthesizers in it yeah um and it, that
1: that was kind of i don't know about unexpected but uh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, though the, yeah.
0: it, it has a you know kind of more light feel than the previous two tracks
1: yeah, yeah kind of back to the opening track yeah, you know, which is... In it, a little
0: bit of way. It was really unexpected. I really expected this to be just straightforward, kind of gloomy start of goth. Uh I really didn't mm-hmm. even think that they were considered a punk band, post-punk band. But yeah. When I, I definitely I, get it now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I definitely expected, based on, again, going into this, having um mostly seen their songs covered by Trent Reznor and uh, Peter <laughs> Murphy. Yeah. I assumed it was very much... I think the Killers did
0: uh, a cover of a song on this album, Shadow Play.
1: Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I didn't know. Uh, I didn't like that, their cover Hmm. of it, but I remember listening to it and being like, oh, I don't like this at all. Um, But yeah. Uh, So then, you know, the last track on Side A is New Dawn Fades. And it's a dark and lyrical content, but the instrumentation has this amazing drive to it. Uh, The drums and the bass. And I guess this gets back to that kind of post punk thing where um, the drum and the bass are the the music is always, it has a a really nice drive to it. Mm -hmm. It's not always the most complex thing, but uh, the bass and the drums, they play super well together. And the bass tone is super great. It has this really nice, distorted, um, just like, I don't know. I would love to find out the effect he was using on that, and like the, it's just this nice fuzz bass uh, when executed really well is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the guitar is also mixed super well to be this atmospheric part.
1: What well, there's two guitars on here actually, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, because if you go read about this song, they they talk about um, it's it's one of their like only songs where they have two guitars
0: I playing. So. Yeah, no, I didn't see that, but like it, it's really nice because like the guitar especially in punk music is always like in the forefront. It is the thing where it seems like with, uh, you know, joy division, it's really Ian Curtis's vocals is the forefront of almost every single song. That's like the driving thing of it. Yeah. And there are a few songs, uh, in their cat or catalog that are, um, the opposite where the, the vocals are in the back Mm -hmm. and it's super cool to see that contrast of the two. But, uh, yeah, I mean it, it is nice to see that guitar being in the back and being really atmospheric. And that kind of just speaks to the the mix on this album is really unique, especially and some of the band hated it, some of the band loved it. It's just
1: I think it the mix is kind of weird on both albums, actually.
0: It's the same guy.
1: It's kinda unconventional.
0: The same guy who uh mixed or er, so the producer for both albums yeah, is he, the same guy, the, Martin Kenneth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, He so, he brought a like a lot of weird, like non-traditional uh, kind yeah. of production techniques and stuff.
0: Yeah, so they they said like they would working with him could be really difficult, but then like you would hear the ends and you'd be like, okay, well it makes sense. Yeah. Some people in the band did not feel so much like they would get really frustrated by it, that kind of stuff. But, I
1: mean, and it it shows in like the like reviews and retrospectives that like yeah, I he, mean what he decided to do was the right call. I mean
0: there. I forgot who in the band says it, but uh, the mix is almost as important as the songs themselves. Yeah. But that being said, without the songs, there would have been no important mix, right, in the first place. But uh, yeah, he the uh, producer would do um, things like you know make them record like type of a fields uh, recording style stuff. It would make him record his. Vocals through a vocal mic that, or sorry, mm-hmm. not a vocal mic, a, a telephone, that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. Bringing a drill into the studio, all that kind of stuff. So, it it's creative. I mean, people don't really do that much. Uh, so we'll move on to the side two of mm-hmm. the record. Um, first track, she's lost control. I don't really have much to say about that. Um, I don't really have much to say about that or Shadow Play. Uh they're all right songs, just not my jam.
1: Well, and they don't stand out as much as some of the other stuff does. So
0: Yeah, I mean as it's Which I said, is fine,
1: they don't they don't have to,
0: but not bad, but just not for me. Um Wilderness is you know, the eighth track on the album. And uh it's probably the most punk song on the record mm-hmm. and probably the most punk song that they have. It's like
1: the yeah, and also like at the same time, obviously it's the least like gothy kinda gothic rock.
0: Yeah, and thing. in the, so in the vocals there is this really cool uh call and response uh where on the track uh on the track uh Ian Curtis uh is at a like a full voice um he's just completely projecting and uh singing he that that's like the initial call mm-hmm. and then the response is this kind of like um you know a really restrained uh take where he's like not full chest voice and it It just feels like it's kind of you know pulled back in performance but normally when there's a call and response in a song the call is louder than the response the response is more like a backing vocal but what's really cool is they didn't do that it's not this backing track uh it is literally call response at the same uh level of um, noise so i thought that was really cool to hear that contrast like Right next to each other, instead yeah. of it just being like I, a.
1: I wonder how that would have been live.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I. I, I didn't.
1: I mean, I didn't go watch any of that. So. Yeah,
0: know. which I really do want to go listen. Mm-hmm. Or they have a lot of recording. Well, they, I mean, they, they have grueling, they have two live albums too. They so. had a grueling touring schedule, which uh, gets into. Uh, and by the way, if you know about Ian Curtis, I'm not going to get too deep into his whole yeah. thing. That's a whole, you know. It, that's a deep topic to get into and it's, it's a really long topic, but uh, essentially they had a, a grueling tooling touring schedule. Um, but so, uh, you know, I really like that, uh, Colin response thing. Um, Oh wait. Yeah. I was talking about inner zone on yeah. accident. No. <laughs> yeah, you were. That's all right though. Yeah. So that, that was inner zone, but going back to wilderness, uh, the eighth track, um, it's just a, it's another song where the instrumentation has like a really good driving force, uh, notably the drums. And this is where the, the pro- production comes back in. Mm-hmm. The drums have this really cool delay effect on them, which, uh, hadn't been beaten to death at that point. And what I mean by that is like eighties music killed that trend yeah. of having like, I a, guess
1: I didn't think about it in that context. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you hear it now in context, you're like, Oh, you know, or out of context, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you're like oh yeah well this is on every single 80s song ever but this was before that so um the guitar switch from this uh left and right and center in the mix which is really cool when it's executed like it is in this song mm-hmm. sometimes that can be really annoying but in this song it's done really well where we were talking about last episode on the police where uh, you know switching from mono to a stereo edit yeah which by the way if for anyone who doesn't know, uh, mono is like when something is well, everything when it's
1: evenly distributed on both left and right because there is no distinction between yeah, left and right. So. Exactly,
0: there, everything you could take. like this
1: podcast is mixed down to mono. Yeah, because it saves uh, and makes like file downloads faster, for example.
0: Yeah, you could listen to this. What you could do right now is take your right earbud out and listen to one section. With yeah, just and it, your left earbud, it'll be in, exactly the same, then switch it and just have the right earbud re listen to that exact same session there or a section. There will be no difference. That's yeah, mono. Yeah. So, a stereo is you're going to have different, There, it, there's going to be a whole spectrum you of can where I'd, you can place instruments. Yeah,
1: you could either like pan something to one side a little bit or just have it only be on one side,
0: yeah, left or right. And I, I'm sure a lot of people get that, but it is important to distinguish when you're talking about mix because there are a lot of things like uh, I have. So there's a lot
1: of subtle things that don't come across in some of these weirder like mixes when they were oh yeah not first messing with it even but like yeah uh, experimenting with it more. Well, um, we've,
0: we've all gotten so used to it now, and there's yeah. even things like it gets down to uh, just the minutia. Of there is a certain thing called drummer's eye view mm. and audience eye which view,
1: which we, we've talked about on the show before. Some people,
0: yeah, and it's as simple as: Do you mix as if you are the drummer? Or you are the audience, and the, you'd be like, "Oh, well, what's the difference?" So, a drummer, their hi hat, this one of their symbols, is on their left uh, side. So, mm-hmm. if you're a drummer listening, you're gonna have it on the left side. So, you're gonna want to pan that to the left. But if you're the audience, uh, that like hat, yeah, yeah, that hi hat is now inverted and is on your right. So, you would want to pan that to the right. Yeah, that's something most people don't notice but once you do and you're a musician and notice that and you're like, well, why is the hi-hat in the right? Is it a left-handed drummer? That's the type of thing where it's just like, just always do drummers high view, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll get out of that little uh, tangent. But um, the last song on this album, mm-hmm. I Remember Nothing, that's, a t- that's the track. Uh, I that's thought it was going to be... A,
1: the longest song on here too.
0: Yeah, it's almost six minutes. Uh, I thought it was going to be an awesome closer based on the instrumentation being really sparse, Mm -hmm. but this song ended up up not doing it for me. Uh, It really just kind of lingered on too long, and I guess that goes into that six-minute runtime. Yeah. Um, And not that I don't like long music. I do like long music. No,
1: just not everything should be.
0: Yeah. It just felt like it kept lingering. Yeah. I do love the instrumentation, but it just there's nothing too special, and I wish it was executed a little differently. Overall... I get why this album is huge, and when it first came out, it didn't do so hot. So it's kind of uh,
1: nuts. Yeah, and on on like, if you look at any of their reviews today for like any of the like retrospectives and stuff, yeah, the, this album got like perfect ten from
0: everybody. Yeah, like down the board. Yeah, it, it, it's nuts, and I, I get it. Like and it it's makes a great sense, album. and it's
1: it's definitely a very influential album in that.
0: I wouldn't give it a perfect. Sense but I would give it a very high, like if we were going out of 10, like an eight or a nine. Yeah. That's what I would give it. But, uh, it is, it, it's an amazing album. And it is one of those things where I definitely want to go out and get the, the vinyl of yeah. this. And I may even get both records, to be honest, just based off of listening. To it. Well, it's only two of them. So. Yeah. And there, there is a
1: uh, 40th anniversary reissue of this coming out soon. Okay.
0: So. Well then maybe I'll wait, yeah. but, uh, so we'll move on to the next album. Uh, unfortunately, uh, As I said, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but unfortunately, uh, Unknown Pleasures, the first album was the only album to come out during Ian Curtis's life. Yeah, Uh, He committed suicide just two months prior to their second album coming out, Closer. Er, Yeah. ah, Closer. Closer. Yeah.
1: Um, Which this one, this was recorded in like a week and a half in March and then came out in July, so
0: he was on the whole album like it wasn't yeah. like they just like had to scramble an album like this is a finished album Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just so it, happens I, it's just yeah.
1: it's on it, it
0: yeah so yeah. Uh, i mean
1: the the timing is is very weird to me anyway just in general like the way that they they recorded that album and it came out pretty quick yeah but add that in with his his suicide is
0: yeah is it, a lot. it's definitely and listening to the vocals like you can definitely hear uh you know what he was going through. He's going through a divorce. He's going through, he mm-hmm. just had, he was diagnosed with a really, like really bad epilepsy. And he had a certain type of epilepsy uh, that like it would occur often enough that it would happen on at shows when they yeah. were touring. He had a certain style of dancing that they called epilepsy dancing or epileptic mm. dancing uh, where he would, it looked like his seizures. Uh, and so that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it, you can hear that that all that like his life experience up until this point in this record a lot you can argue you can hear that in the first but it, it really is in context you can you know yeah, yeah. tell the kind of claustrophobic nature of how he felt at that moment um so uh the first song is atrocity exhibition uh the lyrics are this like really cryptic painting uh they're painting this picture of uh, viewing some grotesque exhibit for pleasure. Uh, what I assume is mostly guitar in the background is predominantly making noise. Um, I do feel that this song does overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a, a longer bit, song. Yeah, but not too much. Uh, I, it is like a six-minute song. I think it could have been like five and a half to five minutes. But I, I do really like the kind of uh, the. F- to be honest, the first time I heard that, I listened to this album twice. The mm-hmm. first time I heard uh, this song, I was like, I don't like this song at all. And then I went back and I kind of thought about it. I was like, oh, it is kind of cool him talking about like this, oh, why do we do this stuff? Like, kind of like when you see a car crash, why do you stare at it? Like, yeah. Especially when it's a really bad car crash, that kind of yeah. stuff. So I think this really kind of paints that kind of like idea of like, oh, you know, come over here. We're going to go look at this really, you know, fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. So. I think that is really kind of cool. Um, yeah, so it did take me, you know, a listener to really like that. But I do like that the uh, guitar is making just, like, noise in the background, kind of unintelligible, which is can be off-putting at times. But once again, this goes just to show that, like, if you execute something really well, that's yeah. kind of what matters. Um, so then the second song, Isolation, uh, it takes a turn. For very, a very
1: very short song,
0: yeah, and it's a more punk approach, yep uh to a now uh well, okay it it's like a heavily synth based track mm-hmm. uh there's a disconnect from the lyrical content and the upbeat instrumental, which is a nice contrast, but there is definitely that like it, I don't know, you really have to listen to the song to understand what i I think I'm talking about, but yeah. It, it, it's that same idea of like it, having an upbeat and then like have this guy talking about the, I mean, the, the tracks called isolation. You can guess what it's about. So, um, I did like the song. It's not one of my favorites. Um, it does. Uh, I did notice that this album does seem to bounce back and forth between, uh, guitar based tracks mm-hmm. and synth based tracks.
1: Yeah. And on this one too, it's not even just synth. It's also like electronic drums and stuff too. Yeah. So.
0: Are you're talking about isolation. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, the track uh, Passover doesn't do too much for me, but uh, even with the songs on this album that I'm not overly fond of, I do love the lyrical content. I think it's really well done. It's mm-hmm. you know you can listen to uh, what people classify as like emo music or you know like really you know more depressing styles of music uh, lyrically, and people can say, oh well, it's just somebody saying boohoo. I mean this isn't just a guy like who's obviously talking about divorce. Like he's painting a a more broad picture than that. And I do really uh, respect the, the lyrical content and how it's written. It does feel really intentional and not just really the stream of consciousness of like, Oh man, I'm so lonely. That kind of thing. Um, Yeah.
1: It's not, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's not that simple, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, So even on the songs that I'm not a fan of, just, I can listen to the lyrics and just kind of more analyze that Mm -hmm. and then enjoy the song in that way. So then, uh, I do really love, and this gets back to their, uh, what seems to be what joy division would do is have these songs with these really good, uh, interlocking instrumental tracks where the bass guitar and drums or just the bass and drums would really lock up together. The, the muted guitar in the background is really cool for effect. Uh, yeah, there's not much to explain about that. But meanwhile, you have uh Ian Curtis. I mean, this is where it gets more I think from here on it's just like there's no kind of break in the 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 tone of what he's talking about. Yeah. From here on, the very beginning of the album, you can kind of take a back seat to what, you know, happened mm-hmm. and then also just like listen to it as songs, but then from here on it's kind of like it's really hard to take it away. So he, you know, you have this really uh synced up uh you know instrumental and then you know you have uh ian curtis uh repeating uh what seems to be his uh a, a critique on uh quote-unquote god and his wisdom he keeps repeating god and his wisdom basically yeah. like seems like he's really critiquing kind of religion and his uh mindset so yeah i mean It's hard to talk about Joy Division without talking about that because, as I said, you know, with uh, other punk music, it really seemed like it was just this raw emotion, Mm -hmm. and this is still that. But you really hear the vocals. Yeah. Well, it they're intentional.
1: Yeah, and it it's very much like an important part of each song. So
0: yeah, and so that ties into the next song, the last album or the last song on side one, uh, a means to an end. For me, it was a hard listen, uh, not in the sense that it was a bad song. It's a good song, but within the context of Ian Curtis's divorce, mm-hmm. because the lyrics, he just keeps repeating, I put my trust in you, and it's just really, it's it's a hard listen. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so then we move into side two. Uh, there, there's only four songs. There's only nine songs on this album, uh, 44 minutes long. Um, so Heart and Soul is definitely my favorite song on the record. Uh this and this song basically from here to the end, I think it's just a masterful way uh really the rest of the album is uh great from heart and soul onward.
1: Yeah, I think the all of side two is just oh. so good. Yeah, I love it. And I mean I mean lat- there's only four songs on the on this part, but they're all really great.
0: Yeah, I mean, the latter half really puts uh, Ian Curtis in the forefront, his vocals in the forefront, and it benefits yeah. greatly to that. I mean, uh, you know, The Eternal, uh, which is, you know, the eighth song, mm-hmm. second to last song, is such a beautiful track, and it retains, like, Joy Division's uh, haunting nature, even though it's just like, yeah. really pretty-sounding song. And then you have Heart and Soul, which uh, it, it has a really extremely subtle build to this climax but typically when you think of like a, a building song that climaxes kind of like i don't know like journeys don't stop believing like yeah, it, it has like this really epic finale mm-hmm. this is opposite from that it has this really subtle build and you feel okay well we're getting to this really epic climax and they're gonna do this really punk rock thing and be super loud but it doesn't it, it becomes super tasteful and it it, it just kind of like it gets to the climax but yeah. You don't feel that kind of like sense of relief. It doesn't resolve as well as you would think it would. Um yeah, the vocals feel a lot more pulled back than most of the other songs. Uh Heart and Soul is one where I feel like the vocals aren't the loudest thing in the track. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, no, I mean it's And that's really cool. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh,
1: Twenty four Hours stood out as a just I don't know, to me a really solid like song.
0: Yeah, and I think it and continues it's, it's
1: that... Uh, it, I mean, it's on the shorter side of things on this side of the album, so...
0: Yeah, and I think it continues that, uh, you know, the complexity of Heart and Soul, as mm-hmm. well as gives a, a, a glimpse into Ian Curtis's, like, dark head space during the, this record. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, I thought, you know, that first album was going to be the... Uh, album that like i was gonna be like oh well i get it this is the album no no this this is definitely it yeah yeah it's fucking nuts this is this this is a 10 out of 10 this
1: is yeah this one is actually all 10 out of 10 yeah i mean for any review i could find the other one has a couple of people who are like nine out of ten yeah nine and a half like
0: but even as i said even on like their you know like you know isolation or passover like songs that i'm not in love with like I can listen to the lyrics and just really just analyze that. And that's it. So it easily makes it a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then unfortunately they never released a uh, level terrace apart as a, yeah. Um,
1: as a, well on an album at all. Yeah.
0: I mean, so it was on the 2007 remaster bonus disc of this album, mm-hmm. but it, it's a live recording and there's, you know,
1: there is a, a studio recording
0: though i believe i don't know but yeah maybe it is uh, i don't i don't know if it's ever come out but i know there's that music video of them playing it mm-hmm. i don't know if that's live or not but that's such a good song and i i wish you know that song was on this album cuz yeah, i think it would have benefited so much yeah
1: or that we could have seen i mean they obviously were doing everything they wanted to do and they were doing it really well other than you know their problems from their, their tour and his problems with his, you know, divorce and everything. Uh,
0: yeah. And yeah, it's just, but if they had done a third album,
1: I think it probably would have been another, like just really great.
0: Yeah. That's always a a tough thing that I always think about. So like now joy division is on one of the, that lists with me. Yeah. Uh, but like someone like Jeff Buckley who uh, died after his first album came out and his first album was like, people were like, this is a masterpiece. And, I personally agree. It's one of my favorite albums of all Mm -hmm. time. And uh, then, you know, people said like, oh, Jeff Buckley was kind of one of those guys that you would be like, oh, he's going to have like 30 albums. He's going to be like a Van Morrison who's just like has so many albums. And then he ended up only having one. So it's like, oh, would he have been great that whole time? That kind of thing. So you think that, I I start to think like, would Joy Division have been that good? Would Jimi Hendrix have, Have would Nirvana have, you know, like, would they be, going to this day and like you know you know like iron maiden they have good albums but like they're not releasing great stuff now personally i no, don't think yeah.
1: so yeah and i mean they do have their greatest when to hits call they're it. a jukebox at yeah. some point you have to know when to like call it quits if you're a
0: band but yeah um so after uh joy division or after ian curtis passed away yeah. uh they all the, the other band members did, break did up, yeah. but they started a new band mm-hmm. who uh Maybe one day we'll do it. Uh, they or, have a lot of albums. Yeah, they do. So that that's what kept me from yeah. recommending it for the next one. Uh, the remaining members regrouped under the name uh, New Order, which is a more, they have the post-punk vibe, but more electronic and dance music influences. But I have not heard a single New Order song. So that would be interesting to listen yeah. to. Um, I'm
1: pretty sure I've never heard anything of that. But y-
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's better. i pretty sure I don't either, but maybe I have. But yeah. Um yeah. I definitely recommend Joy Division if you have to pick one album.
1: Yeah. I mean if you have to pick one, do the second one. But yeah But you, you should, should just listen to both, both anyway. Yeah.
0: It, I was shocked at how much I like this. Like I enjoyed I mean it's a
1: solid like they're they're forty minute long albums, so it's like yeah. an an hour, hour and a half of your time.
0: Yeah. I thought you know, I liked Bauhaus. I didn't love Bauhaus. I liked their first album a lot mm-hmm. and then you know, well,
1: and there's there's what five albums there to pick from, so it's
0: yeah. But like, I don't think I'm ever gonna just like be like, oh, I want to listen to Bauhaus. But with this, yeah, I'm now of that mindset of like, I really want to go out and buy the, the well, vinyl. Yeah, and like, nah, I want to nah. have that in my repertoire to be like, oh, yeah. I want to listen to this.
1: Well, now you get why, and I mean I do too. But like, just an example, like now we get why it's such a influential band. Yeah. For everybody. Because I've never sat down and listened to these albums.
0: Yeah, and it is nice to and I see mean, I, I should have probably it, but it is easy to get cynical in a lot of the those situations where mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, you see the the Kardashians wearing a Slayer T shirt and then you're like, Oh well, you know, everybody yeah. it's a Walmart, you can buy a Metallica shirt at a Walmart. But like this is a really good instance where it's like everyone has seen that uh artwork for unknown pleasures and you know, there's a reason why it's so big because it's fucking great. Um, yeah. Anything else you got on joy division?
1: Nope. I think everybody should go listen to both those albums.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, so it's my turn to pick. Mm -hmm. And I think the past, this one included, we've done, uh, more in our comfort zone. So I think, uh, I had a couple of different picks. I'm gonna pick this one. It's uh, five albums, and we're gonna listen to the Beastie Boys. Okay, all five albums. Like it's not completely out of left field, but it's different.
1: So curious. Then, do you have you listened to them before as a like greatest hits recurring thing? Okay,
0: greatest hits. Unfortunately, Uh, but I do love what I have heard. Uh, I I, I think most
1: people have probably heard their uh greatest hits and that's probably it
0: but oh sorry i was wrong there's eight albums <laughs> uh, i was
1: gonna say uh my bad <laughs> i've i've only listened to the the mix-up yeah and that was much later in their
0: yeah career so well i've already said it we're doing eight albums it, it's okay yeah yeah and i think i don't after know how that... you got
1: five though i was trying to look at the the I don't know how either their, their list and see how you got
0: there, but still I'm super excited for this one. Uh, yeah. And I think after this one, we, uh, Hagan and Dave may do another one, but for now, yeah,
1: if they, uh, they want to, you know?
0: Yeah. So, uh, next, next week, next fortnight, we're going to listen to, uh, in a fortnight, we're going to in listen two weeks. to, uh, no, in a fortnight, we're going to listen to <laughs> the beastie boys, all eight, eight albums. Um, yeah uh th- this is sad boys checking out uh sad boy one and sad boy two mm-hmm. uh bye I exist